Good morning. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name's Mike, and this is the podcast where I talk to you guys as I drive to work safely, hopefully. So far, so good. (laughs) All kinds of trucks here today. All right. Uh, yeah, so it is February. Today, I believe, is February the 7th, maybe February 8th, not even sure. Let me check. Today's February the 8th, uh, and yeah, so last week, I finished up my college classes, and and for the last week I've been uh, figuring grades and inputting grades and all that kind of stuff. That's been my week, and then I had another very long, what I would call a marathon chorus practice, so basically six hours of singing, which is a lot of choral singing. Like, I don't know what it is, but when you sing in a chorus, you sing differently than when you sing solo. Like you don't get to use uh, all of the same techniques, or maybe you know, I'm not I'm not a super experienced choral singer. Not for the last forty years, anyway. Uh, I directed a chorus, and of course, I sang in it a little bit, but it was a church chorus, so there wasn't really anything challenging so much but now I'm singing some pretty challenging choral music Um, and I really haven't been a chorus singer in years and years and years not since college Um, I focused on solo singing and it's it's really a different um, it's a different I don't even know what to call it The, the techniques well the 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 sound, the desired sound you want is different, and so the techniques to produce that sound are different. Uh, For example, a a choral singer doesn't want to stand out, right? A choral singer uh, needs to blend in with all the other parts uh, of their voice part. You know, all the basses need to sound like one bass, for example. And what that means is your voices take on a certain acoustic property so that they can um, I want to say adhere, that's what it is so that they can adhere to one another to become more of a single sound right? it's called blending you're trying to blend uh, with the other singers in your voice part obviously. And to some extent, you want to blend, sometimes you sing all in unison. Everyone sings the same notes uh, and you want to blend with the entire choir. And when you're a solo singer, your your job has never been to blend, but to stand out, to penetrate, to be heard, to project, right, individually. Uh, and oftentimes what that means is in a, in a very large space, you know, a, a large hall, for example, with a large orchestra in front of you, uh, 
and just you singing solo with no no uh, forms of electronic amp amplification you're trying to get your voice to cut through the orchestra uh, and be heard uh, regardless of you know whether you have 20 30 40 50 or 60 members in that orchestra your voice still needs to come through somehow and not only that not just not just heard but understood right because you're you're singing words you're playing a, a part so uh, whether whether it's you know church singing uh, or opera or musical theater or whatever the words are a very important part of of singing and when you're there by yourself you have just your voice and your body and your techniques uh, to to get the job done and the job is to get your voice to be heard uh, beautifully by everyone in the hall and understood the words and everything so of course choral singers the words are important as well but I think there's less expectation that you're going to understand every word in a chorus because it's sort of like a losing battle. You have so many people uh, trying to enunciate at the same time, uh, and and that's why I think there's so much repetition in choral singing. <laughs> lots and lots of repetition, and there there are you know composition techniques to. Uh, accentuate the words that you want to be heard, right? There are ways that the composer will, will write. Of course, you know, choral singers still need to enunciate, and we still try to be understood, but I think there's just less expectation that that's possible. Now, you can counter and say, well, there's very little expectation in opera that people actually understand what you sing, and fair enough, that's true. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, there are certain voice parts that seem to be more understandable than others, and maybe that has to do with the frequency of the voice. Sopranos singing really, really high are very difficult to understand. And part of that's because uh, in order to, to sing the note beautifully, they modify the vowels to get the best sound possible. Uh, and, so, uh, and so there is some expectation and some history that people actually you know study the opera beforehand they know what's going to be said they know the story uh, they don't have to um, uh, be so uh, what's the word they don't have to hear every word to understand most people know the opera that's going on before they even uh, that's quite common, and you know the operas are so old; they've been they've been written. They, they were written a long time ago, and they are. But you know, choral singing is the same way, especially the kind of choral singing we do. We we sing songs that have become popular. Sorry, I got some outside noise here. I need to take care of, but I am going to turn on the fan just to cool it up a little bit. It's a little bit chilly today. It's a little bit windy too. It's eight degrees Celsius outside. It's forty something, not too cold. But. Um, <clears throat> so even in choral singing, a lot of the songs that end up being—oh my gosh, there's a Nissan dealership going in right here. I had no idea. 
a lot of the songs that end up being uh, arranged for chorus are songs that are well known already that have become popular that somebody did uh, that that now you know people want to hear in different ways you know choral arrangements and things like that and so we're singing songs that most people already know and they know the words to uh, but now they're going to hear us do it in a choral arrangement and so again um, yeah so I guess what I was trying to say is the techniques are just so different it's they, they really they don't necessarily transfer now some of the basics do I would say all of the foundational things do such as breathing uh, support or appoggio in Italian uh, you know your breath and your support um, and your pure vowels and you know a lot of those things are fine but it's the it's the acoustic property of your voice that's different and and for me because I've been doing the opposite my muscles are trained to make my voice project and and uh, pierce right so let's see if, if you let's say you have a cotton ball and a marble uh, and you've got to throw them both of them you want to throw them a distance uh, say from one to the back wall which is I don't know um, in a hall a normal size hall let's say it's you know 40 meters away okay so you're gonna throw a cotton ball and a marble 40 meters well first of all not everybody can throw anything 40 meters that's not that's not a small distance uh, but let's say 20 meters it doesn't really matter because four four meters would even suffice I think uh, but basically the cotton ball is just not gonna go uh, to the back wall it's not gonna make it you're gonna try and it's so fluffy and soft and 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 lightweight and it doesn't have any mass that it's ju just gonna float to the ground no matter how much force you put behind it whereas the marble being hard and smooth and dense and have a having a nice mass to it is gonna fly uh, fairly easily the distance that's the difference between solo singing and choral singing. The, the marble is is solo singing, obviously. Um, you, you make your voice, in a sense, kind of hard. Um, and yes, smooth, but but smooth in the hard sense, not smooth in the in the soft and fluffy sense. Um, but choral singing, you want more of that cotton. You know, of course, you you don't want completely cotton. Uh, but that that's more of what you're looking for, right? Uh, and sometimes that translates as breathiness. And as a solo singer, breathy, breathiness is anathema. When you sing with a breathy tone, uh, you are you are a fatigued singer. You're tired. And the more you try to be breathy, the more tired you're going to get. 
It's difficult seeing breathy. It's not easy at all. Um, and it takes it takes a lot more energy in a sense um, to sing breathy. I know this is things that people don't really think about, but hey, I'm a I'm a I'm a singing nerd, if I'm anything. Uh, and so the it's just it's just a different technique. And so when you're a when you're a solo singer being asked to sing chorus music in a choral way you have to change your technique and your muscles are not necessarily ready for that and so you may fatigue even faster and that's that's certainly me um that's certainly me and i i enjoy choral singing to an extent there's some nice stuff about it and truth be told i'll probably uh well, maybe not. I still have a lot. Of, I still have a lot of voice left. Uh, my voice is probably still at peak. Um, in the in the peak years of its life as a baritone, uh, maybe when I hit sixty or a little older, it'll, it may start to go down. But there's no reason for me to just sing choral music. I, I still have some solo in me. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, anyway, so this is, this is the life of a singer in a lot of ways, you know, especially somebody who does both solo singing and choral singing. It, it's different, right? It, it feels different. It, it's not, it, it, from the outside, it looks like it should be different. Uh, but, uh, where the rubber meets the road is, it, it's quite different. And the, the muscles you use are different. Uh, there was a there's a constant debate on my Facebook page because I have these kinds of people as friends uh, between traditional church and untraditional church. And uh, being a member of a church, being in a church... fresh expression still still a Christian but but understanding the word church or gathering in a completely different way than has traditionally been so uh, but the truth is on the outside yeah it, it may look like the same thing but it really is a completely different set of muscles dare I say spiritual muscles uh, it, 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 it's different, right? It's just different. And I don't mean to say that I'm talking about many versus one. I'm not saying that, uh, anybody can be a church of one. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I think if that's the case, you know, if you're in a situation where you, where you are the only Christian in your community, that's, you are a church of one in a sense. I think, I think you and the Holy Spirit uh, will be just fine in those situations. Uh, I feel sorry for you. It's it's a sad situation. It's a lonely situation. Uh, but but I think you'll find uh, if if you open your mind that you will find that there are people that belong to Christ all around the world, uh, whether they call themselves Christian or not. Uh, 
So, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's just not the same thing. And there are some of us who have been fatigued uh, from being a part of uh, institutional church with more traditional worship structures and traditional hierarchical structures that, that it fatigues us. Uh, we're not, we're not perhaps wired to be that or aren't anymore, you know. Um, as for me, I think I was for many years meant to be in that structure. I think that structure was a sort of an incubator uh, that that brought me to a crossroads in my life where it, I could see that institutional church was no longer enough for me. And that, that wasn't a day, it was a process that was happening. There was a day that I made the decision, but there was a process that was going on, right? A, a process that was... That we were following. Sorry, my mind just wandered. I was trying to, I was remembering the, the tumultuous time of, of that breakup, time that we broke up with institutional church. And the one thing I I had promised myself I wouldn't do is I wouldn't do it alone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, do it unless my wife was on board. And it took a long time for my wife to get on board, a very long time. Uh, but eventually, uh, we were on the same page and, and we, we made this decision together. Now, she may think that I, I pushed a little too hard, but uh, I don't deny I tried to influence her that direction because um, it's what I felt was the best direction for our family. And it doesn't always feel like it was the right direction. Um, it life is messy, right? The the life that we've had from that point um, up till now uh, has not been uh, all, you know, rainbows, <laughs> rainbows and kittens. Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I can't say that we're we we are uh, now. I think um, acclimated to this lifestyle, this lifestyle of uh, being ambassadors for Christ in the world without an affiliation with any institutional group, no denomination, you know, just Christians. And I, I accept all the people in in uh, churches who who uh, follow Jesus as my brothers and sisters and. And, but but I, I also don't exclude anyone else from being my brother and sister. Anyone. Um, I think if, if we all have the same Father, God, and the same Savior, Christ, then we are of the same family, and all men are brothers and sisters, all people are family. Uh, it's just that, you know, that there may be some people that haven't, uh, been introduced to their father uh, and if they have been introduced have been introduced in ways that made them question what they were being told um, they they were taught uh, to use Christianese they were taught taught a false gospel they were 
they were given a false image of who this God is and who this Savior is. Uh, and they chose to be skeptical, to, to doubt that that could be possible because of the, the package that the message came in. And that's understandable. Um, it's very understandable. In fact, that, that, that very phenomenon of the gospel coming packaged in, in horrible ways and in, uh, in deceiving ways and false ways with ulterior motives could be the, the history of Christianity, if you think about it, right? That's sort of the, the history of Christianity. Um, <clears throat> so, back to my metaphor of cotton balls and marbles. The cotton balls are really soft, and they, they don't go far, but they do fit in well with other cotton balls you know when they're all shoved in a small space because of their softness and fuzziness they can compact you can get a lot in a small space uh, they all look the same color they're pleasing to look at um, and and they they get along with other cotton balls really well right they in fact they, it's hard for them to know where where they stop and the other ones end <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Where their end is and the other one's start is or something. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, in other words, they're so close together, so tight-knit, uh, that they lose any kind of individual identity, perhaps. And, and that's fine. In, in, some, way, in some ways, that, that's what the corporate body of Christ is supposed to be about. The problem is... Uh, problem is that if if you're a marble in a world of cotton balls you just don't fit in you stand out you stick out uh, you don't conform um, and that's a problem right that that's that's a hard spot to be in it's hard on the cotton balls and it's hard on the marbles <laughs> Marbles are are meant to go far. They're, they're meant to to pierce the distance. Uh, they're resilient. They're strong. Uh, they're not easily broken or or dented. They clean easy, right? Uh, they in fact they remain pretty clean. They they can get dirty, but they clean easy, right? You ever tried to clean a cotton ball? Good luck with that. Cotton balls are like snowflakes. Um, yeah, there is meant to be some kind of cohesion in the body of Christ, and it's very important. It's, it's, it's in fact, necessary. But it doesn't mean that everybody has to conform to some average type of a church personality, right? That that's that that that. Uh, destroys people uh, in a different kind of way, right? In a, in a way that, that denies uh, um, individuals' idiosyncrasies and uh, unique points, right? Uniqueness. It denies uniqueness. Uh, 
most churches, and I've used this analogy many times before, it's like buying a, a box of label, a box of Legos. And you get a box of Legos, and this box of Legos has only one color and one size brick. Uh, let's say they're nothing but squares. So you have blue squares. That's all you have, blue squares. And another box of Legos is nothing but green rectangles. The, the church was meant to be a box of Legos that has every color under the sun and every shape under the sun. Every color and every shape. And by having that, the wonderfully complex things you can make with it um, are endless. You know, the, the, the possibilities are endless because of the diversity. You know, every tongue and every nation is sort of like having a box of Legos of every color and every shape and every size. Um, the div diversity, the diversity makes it possible to build almost anything. Right? The sky's the limit. But what's happened is that churches have become boxes of Legos with only one shape, size, or color. And if you don't fit in that shape, size, or color, you tend to go search for another box. Right? If you've got a different shape, size, or color, you want to you wanna find the box that has everybody like you. And that that is not the way churches, I believe, that's not the way that Christ meant his church to be. We're supposed to be transformed, not conformed. Um, and if, if every shape and size of person came out of Christ to begin with, in other words, he created people of different shapes, sizes, and colors. Don't you think he would accept them in his church? Man, I think the, uh, sidetracked, but I think the allergy season has started. My eyes are getting really itchy. Uh, I'd have to see if I have any allergy pills. I don't know if I did. My nose started running this morning, but yeah, Kaoncho may have started. Kaoncho is the pollen allergy season. Uh, yeah, so if you're in a church with a lot of cotton balls, you might, you might look and see what it what happens when a when a marble comes into your church, whether they're accepted, whether they're trusted, uh, whether they're loved, or whether they're shunned, to use another word, to use a churchy word, whether they're kind of singled out or um, not accepted or questioned, or whether people are suspicious of them, you know. Um, if your church accepts people of all shapes, sizes, and colors, 
then you are manifesting the kingdom of God in your place. That's the kingdom of God. People of every nation and every tongue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this goes back to the fact that Jesus didn't come to start a religion or fix religion. He came away to do, it, do away with religion. Say, no matter what religion you are, you can you can follow you can believe Christ you can believe Jesus you can follow Jesus you can love one another Jesus supersedes religion or or he didn't do anything at all in my estimation don't mean I'm right I think if Jesus doesn't supersede religion, then he didn't accomplish anything. Of course, what's happened is Jesus became a religion, right? That's what we—that's what Christianity has become—just another, another religion amongst many, um, and it acts like it. Uh, at least that's my opinion. Cotton balls and marbles. Cotton balls and marbles. Uh, and you know, cotton balls are fine. You need cohesion. You know, you, you need uh, cohesion people, right? People, what they call in the NBA is glue people. People that, that help other people get along, right? You need cotton balls. Um, but not everybody's a cotton ball. There are people who are marbles. There are people who are darts. Uh, there are going to be people who are frisbees or, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and you need them all. They're, they all should be welcome. And they all need Christ. And they all need acceptance. Now, with getting into the whole LGBTQ debate uh, and all that entails, uh I think we need to look at who our, who our church accepts and who it rejects. And that will tell you a lot about how close our, or far that church is from the heart of God. Who do they accept and who do they reject? Uh, and if they reject anyone, <laughs> uh, based on Again, color, shape, size, religion. Uh, I would say sexual orientation, gender, uh, political affiliation. Uh, then they're probably pretty far from the heart of Christ and are not manifesting the kingdom of heaven in their place. They're just a jar of cotton balls. So yeah, I, I'm a marble in many ways. I'm a solo singer, mu musically. Uh, I've become a, a bit of a rogue Christian. Uh, it doesn't mean that marbles can't get along. Uh, but marbles need perhaps a little bit more space, a little bit more... Uh, I don't know. Uh, marbles are all unique. 
you ever seen two marbles that are the same? I don't think I have. Um, it's possible I have. I don't know. They all seem to be pretty unique, colorful, um, but just made for a different purpose. I started out a cotton ball, and I think I've become a marble. But there, there are. I need some cotton tendencies, you know, and I need people in my life who are cohesion people, cotton balls. Um, but a cotton ball needs to be able to accept a marble, and a marble a cotton ball. <laughs> uh, I think this is where you know Paul talks about the, you know, the different uh, functions and roles of the body, right? Uh, some may be. Uh, more honorable parts of the body and some may not be but they all are part of the same body and they're all connected one to another and you don't get to reject a part of the body just because it's not the same part of the body that you are so to, to, to you know to, to stay on that metaphor of body parts what we have are churches of all hands or all feet or all livers or or all fingernails, whatever. You know, we we don't have churches traditionally in Christendom that are all the body parts, um, and that's a shame. It's a shame. It's it's a travesty. It's it's probably the worst thing that that's happened to the church. Uh, this divisiveness where just gather with the people of our shape, size, and color. Uh, it's a problem. And one of the solutions of that problem is to let everybody out of that church, let everybody out of all the churches, uh, and, and find people who don't agree with you, people who are different than you, uh, find other people to, to gather with. And do it in a different way. Don't do it in a way that, you know, maintains the status quo. Gather in a way that challenge it, challenges it. It's going to take you in a new direction, in a different direction. In a direction that goes um, away from what's been going on. Yeah, well, that's my two cents anyway. Um, on the matter, cotton balls and marbles. Marbles and cotton balls. Or I guess you could say, I don't know, hailstones and snowflakes. That works too. Snowflakes is kind of the, the uh, modern... <laughs> modern word for fragile people uh, but that's not really what I was going for I'm not going for the fragility uh, I suppose cotton balls uh, wouldn't break if they were thrown against a, a, a harder surface than they are but a, a marble would right so you know you can take this analogy uh, farther than it's meant to be taken But I, but I do think that a that a, a marble cuts through 
right? Cuts through better. It goes farther. It goes deeper. Uh, it, it has more strength, in a sense. Now, again, if you take it too far, you could say, well, it's, it's also too hard-headed. It's not, it's not going to change. It's not ever going to learn anything. It's, the shape's not going not to adjust and adapt, and that's true enough. So, you know, the, the analogy is not perfect, right? If you take it too far, it, it will break down, no pun intended. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think I've taken that just as far as I can, so I'm going to leave it there. Because uh, right now I'm just trying to take up space until I get to where I'm going. <laughs> take up time, I mean. Because uh, I think I've kind of taken it as far as it'll go. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Cotton Balls and Marbles. And that's probably going to be the title of this uh, podcast. So, thanks a lot. Bye-bye.